Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Here at the Black Information Network, we know how important it is for you to start your week off energized, engaged, and enlightened. There are always major stories that break over the weekend, and we feel you should know about the ones we are talking about today. So stay tuned for our weekend recap featuring BIN news anchor Mimi Brown. This is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast, and I'm your host, Ramses Ja. All right, Mimi, welcome back to the show. How have you been? I've been great. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm, I'm doing very well. I, I, I see that you are feeling festive. I'm sure you're looking forward to the, uh, the Thanksgiving weekend coming up. Absolutely. You know, Thanksgiving is like a blip because as soon as you close your eyes, it's Christmas time, right? So Indeed. Yeah, yeah. literally the day after Christmas starts Thanksgiving. I mean, excuse me, starts Christmas. So yeah, yep. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, um, I'm glad you're in, in a good space. Um, so let's do the news. Uh, first thing, obviously, we have to mention that the former first lady of the United States of America passed away, Rosalind Carter. Uh, that took place on November 19th, Sunday. Um, so we are sending thoughts and prayers and well wishes to the whole Carter family. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we lost a national treasure and that deserves us to acknowledge that. Um, another thing that people are talking about over the weekend is obviously, uh, Cassie settling with Diddy a day after filing the lawsuit accusing him of rape, abuse, and sex trafficking. So I'll share a little bit with our listeners. Uh, this comes from Yahoo. The singer, whose full name is Cassandra Ventura, had accused Combs, the bad boy music mogul, and her former partner of subjecting her to years of abuse during their relationship in a complaint filed Thursday in federal district court in Manhattan. 
Combs had denied the allegations through his attorney. In a surprising move late Friday, the two announced the case was over before any proceedings could begin. Quote, I have decided to resolve this matter amicably on terms that I have some level of control, said Cassie, age 37, in a statement. She goes on to say, I want to thank my family, fans, and lawyers for their unwavering support. Uh, and then Diddy responded with, we have decided to resolve this matter amicably, said Combs, age 54. I wish Cassie and her family all the best. Love. Uh, no details of the settlement were announced. Uh, the one certainty is that it avoids a potentially nasty legal battle from unfolding in public. So I know you've heard about this. What were your thoughts? What have people been saying? You know, let, let's let's uh, let's let's discuss. <laughs> You know, this is so, um, I think for a lot of people out of nowhere, um, I don't think that, um, anyone, uh, thought that this was going to be on their newsfeed, uh, this past week, but, you know, I ended up reading all 35 pages of the lawsuit and, um, some of the details were very, very shocking. Um, you know, I think that, you know, we have to make sure that we are allowing people who say that they've been abused their space to be able to come forward whenever and however they choose to do so. Um, you know, just some of the the highlights from the lawsuit for me were, um, you know, just to touch on a few, it, it said things like uh, the civil lawsuit describes uh, Combs, Miss Diddy, uh, ba basically being uh, prone to uncontrollable rage. It accusing, accuses him of beating her savagely on multiple occasions. Um, you know, there was this 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 part in it where they they speak on Kid Cudi and his car being blown up. Um, I think shortly after that news hit, Kid Cudi came out and said, yes, of course that happened. Um, there was just so many things in this lawsuit that I think that people were uh, talking about and questioning why no one has ever uh, heard any of this. Because I think this really came out the blue for so many people. I think that um, if this is true, and according to her, this is very true, um, his circle kept it really tight and very, very quiet, um, I think think, uh, you know, he's come out and say with another statement that's saying, even though he's paid her, he doesn't, he's not admitting any guilt. He still denies the allegation. So um, I, I don't know. I think a lot of people are sort of in their own way, reading between the lines and kind of feeling like, okay, this came out one day, you paid it the next day. Um, that implies a lot of guilt. And I think a lot of people too were asking why, why now? Um, and that's because there is a New York's Adult Survivor Act, which allows people who say they've experienced sexual assault to take legal action, even when the statute of limitations has expired. Mm -hmm. And that law expires this week on the 23rd. So she had no choice, but to, if she was still going to get this out, if she, um, felt that, um, you know, this was something that she could no longer live with, this was it. Um, that law is going away. And it's something that New York has put on the books. They put it on the books for a year. And um, I was reading up on it. And a lot of people, not just Cassie, and I think this is making news because of Cassie and Diddy, but a lot of people have come out and filed lawsuits on people that uh, things that have happened before, um, or civil lawsuits on people that have happened before that they can just now get out because of this law, this mm -hmm. new, um, this new statute. Okay. Um, I know that a lot of people have been talking about this and it's just like you said, there's, there's some people who are like, you know, this looks like a shakedown. And there's some people who was like, you know, I knew it the whole time I knew it, you know, and they're, you know, the internet is true to form divided on this one. Um, but you know, there, there's people who are very supportive of Cassie kind of saying her truth. 
And then obviously Diddy being a, a powerful, prominent black man, he's going to have supporters as well, because since there's money involved, you know, the optics of it don't they're they're not really all that comfortable for everyone it's it'd be different if it was a criminal thing but since it's civil and you know these are the things that you can keep from going to court by simply paying some money there are people who say that this is a shakedown there are people trying to you know tarnish his name and his reputation and you know who's to say what is what but um well, and i hate to, to to say this too but they they did say um according to deadline that she was offered 10 figures to keep this from going to court to yeah. keep this from getting to the public and she turned it down so you know a lot of this you know just from what i've been reading was you know with her wanting to share her story and at least put this on the record and have this gone to court, if this is true, there would be, you know, photos, evidence, you know, all of those things. And so, you know, I think, you know, if, 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 if you're looking at this from um, somebody who has a lot to lose, uh, you do want to kind of make this go away. And so a lot of people weren't surprised by the payout the very next day. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's kind of that's the part about it that makes I think some people feel uncertain is because clearly Diddy can afford whatever. And, you know, just paying for something so that it doesn't become a headache or a problem or a stain or whatever, even if you're right, paying for sure. it to go away might be the smarter tactic than fighting to clear your name, you know, especially if you're about business and about money. And, you know, your reputation for the most part will remain intact. It might just be the the simpler path is just to, you know, pay it. But I worry that um, if if we don't get to the bottom of things like this, it makes the world a little bit smaller for everyone. Like if, if Diddy is indeed a monster of a man, I think that we need to know that, you know, and then other people need to learn lessons from that so that they don't, you know, replicate and repeat that type of behavior. Um, Absolutely. And, and if he's and if he's not, then he I, I would I would imagine that clearing your name goes a lot further because you don't want people leveling these accusations against you and other people in the future um, that are baseless just as a shakedown. And so it, it, it feels like there's no real resolution here. But that, that's just to me. I'm sure that, you know, people are going to debate this for a while. And Absolutely. Absolutely. And the last point that I really want to make is that um, I definitely do feel like this is a stain on his reputation. Um, you know, the Internet never forgets. And Black Twitter, um, they went to work and literally found old interviews from ex-girlfriends who said this, you know, uh, years ago um, in different interviews that no one listened to. But now just make more sense, you know, sure. um, they went to work and found, you know, different interviews of, of, of behavior. That's very questionable. You mm -hmm. know, um, there were names dropped in this lawsuit of, of people who witnessed this, you know, I think when you go that far and you, um, can kind of, you know, pinpoint, I mean, she was very specific in this. There was this one story where she told of the Intercontinental where they got into a fight in the hallway and there was a video of it and she left and she came back because she felt like he's going to be even more upset if I leave and don't come back. So she came back and the, the staff ushered her, you know, back out because they had seen the video. And then he allegedly paid $50,000 for that footage. I mean, there are things that I think 
now us knowing or or you know just just having this this um this out there that you know there's there there will always be these questions now and i think for so many women and for so many people this is this is a big issue this is a big deal and i understand it it, it was paid and it kind of went away but it changes things it actually changes everything you know for a lot of people and I'll, I'll take it a step further. Um, I'm not going to pretend, you know, because I come from a hip hop broadcasting background. I'm not going to pretend like rumors haven't swirled yeah. around Diddy for many years the way they typically do. I don't want to be unfair to anybody. That's not my way. But, you know, um, he's had a lot of wild rumors swirl around his name um, since the beginning of, you know, Bad Boy Records. And so uh, it, it's not it's not. It's just not the resolution that I think that we can we can punctuate our lives by, you know, like there was a Me Too movement once upon a time. And there were a lot of men that answered for uh, the wrongs that they committed. Right. And there were lessons learned. I I myself learned lessons. I would I don't never thought of myself as a sort of predator type of person I've, I've always done my best to be very kind to everyone but i learned that there's levels to kindness you know and in some instances you just want to ignore people because that's their version of peace and the version of reality that they prefer and so even saying hi might be you know too much and so my kindness might not be well received I, weird weird little lessons but i learned that you know the the way the world feels to my sisters that I share this planet with is very different from the way the world feels to me. And so um, the, the lesson that the, the, the punctu the, the way that our lives were punctuated by that, and we could look at that moment and become better. We could learn other people could learn. We could all live in a safer world and we could all reference the same phenomenon. Hey, Hey, you don't want to get me too, you know, not, not, not to make light of it, but you do recognize that I could say that and someone else could understand what I mean. Right. Absolutely. And we, we could we could collectively learn how to be better and hold each other more accountable. That's kind of what could have happened here or else um, if this was baseless. Again, I don't know. You, you obviously, you know, know more about this, the, the, the document and the paperwork than I do. But um, if he was innocent, you know, this is just me being fair. I don't want to upset anybody. But if he was innocent, then, of course, the other side of that is. Um, those people who would abuse that new dynamic after the Me Too movement Absolutely. would look at this and say, okay, it's not fair to accuse someone um, wrongfully and there are consequences as a result of that. And so I think that either way, this is not a resolution that we can all collectively grow from. It's just um, it's just him putting out a fire and that's that's what we got. So um the thing is that's not the only music news unfortunately the next story is a little bit (laughs) more it's it's a brighter story so uh from vibe magazine andre 3000 he says rapping at 48 feels inauthentic he says i don't have anything to talk about so i'll share a little bit about this um after announcing the first solo project of his career the 48 year old revealed that The new album, Blue Sun, did not contain any lyrics. He's known for being one half of the rhyming duo Outkast. The Georgian native detailed why he opted to release a flute album. New Blue Sun 
was officially released on Friday, just before the weekend, and it's described as a stunning 87-minute mind-bender, minimalist and experimental, tribal and transcendent. Transcendent, sorry. The flute album contains eight separate tracks. Each song has a sentence-length title, such as, I swear I really wanted to make a rap album, but this is literally the way the wind blew me this time. <laughs> and that night in Hawaii when I turned into a panther and started making these low register purring tones that I couldn't control stuff was wild. So um, he says, I worked with some of the newest, freshest, youngest and old school producers. I get beats all the time. I try to write all the time. Um, and this is him talking to GQ. Um, even now people think, oh man, he's just sitting on raps or he's just holding these raps hostage. I ain't got no raps like that. It actually feels sometimes it feels inauthentic for me to rap because I don't have anything to talk about in that way. I'm 48 years old and not to say that age is a thing that dictates what you rap about, but in a way it does. And things like, or sorry, and things that happen in my life, like, what are you talking about? I got to go get a colonoscopy. What are you rapping about? My eyesight is going bad. And I, I, I don't know. I've heard the, the flute album and I'm like, hey, this is good music. I, I really like it. And I'm a I'm a fan of his. Obviously, I've, I've, I've said on the radio many times, Outkast is the best group of all time. Hip hop group. I'm, Wu-Tang. People going to get mad. Wu-Tang, <laughs> Run DMC, you know, all they, they bring me to smoke. But I can make my case here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Plus, uh, like there's a little secret that I know. My ex-girlfriend is actually his wife. He's married to my ex-girlfriend. So I'm a big fan oh. of Andre 3000. All, all the way through. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm happy that he's living his truth. Um, and I do have like a little bit of an aperture into his world. What were your thoughts on all this when, when the Listen, news first broke? I was like a flute album. What? <laughs> <laughs> but then I have to say, I listened to it and I loved it. In fact, I did some yoga to it. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And um, I was cooking dinner to it. It's so Ooh. relaxing. It's Ooh. literally one of those those albums that you can put on and you just don't realize that so much time has gone by mm -hmm. because it's it's so relaxing and it, it just it takes you to another place. So I'm here for it. Yeah. And um, I love what you said about, hey, I'm 48 years old. What am I supposed to rap about? And that's not to take away from anybody still rapping at 48. That's just a, a self-awareness of himself. Like, sure. you yeah. know. This is this is where I am in my stage, you know, and this is this is what I have to give. And I love that. I love everything about him. So um, I would have to agree with you 100 percent. Like, yeah, this is yeah. it. I hear it playing at the spa. I mean, you know, there's just so many places this is going to go. And and someone said something about, you know, the sampling that's going to come from this. I mean, mm. it's genius when you think about it, honestly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the thing is, um, it shows that artists our mm -hmm. artists our musical artists don't have to be so one-dimensional um the response even if it's you know i don't know what the sales numbers look like but even the critical response to something like this i think that it gives a lot of our um let's say mid-school and new school rappers mm -hmm. um additional a license for additional creative outlets that aren't based around some of the more negative things that we hear so frequently in in rap music mm -hmm. um, it allows people to hey listen i want to make a gospel album I mean, I, snoop made a, a gospel album but it, sure did. it but you know this is andre 3000 no rapping he, he, he's, it's a whole different musical format for a whole different musical palette 
And, you know, just like you said, it's beautiful music. And, and the fact of the matter is that when I wake up in the morning, I'm not thinking about the club and lean when I'm, you know, dropping my son off at school. I'm not thinking about, you know, leading the block, you know, none, you know, like I'm, I'm in a different space. So, you know, there's times in life when, you know, those things are important. There's times when you right. got to hustle and get your money. There's times when you got to protect your family. You got to get to it. And then there's times when you want to relax and, and be at peace and take a walk with your family or, you know, those things all are a part. Like black people do all of this stuff. Absolutely. And Andre 3000, I think, is giving our creatives, our griots, the people that tell our stories in the musical uh, space, license to expand and and offer um, new new styles, new new creative um, works, and and I think that that's probably the most special thing of all. Absolutely, I would have to one hundred and ten percent agree with you. I love growth. You know, I love the growth and I love allowing the audience that started with you to be able to grow with you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings, that frustrating thing your mom does, or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com B-I-N today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot B-I-N. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. It's it's great. BIN news anchor Mimi Brown is here with us discussing the weekend's major stories. 
All right, Dexter Wade's preliminary autopsy shows his body was carelessly mishandled before a secret burial. This according to Ben Crump. Um, I'm going to share a bit from The Root to bring us up to speed. An independent pathologist released the initial findings from the autopsy of Derek Dexter Wade, sorry, the Mississippi man fatally struck by a police car earlier this year and buried by the county unbeknownst to his family. The findings reveal Wade had identification on him at the time of his death. Dr. Frank Peretti, hired by civil rights attorney Ben Crump, released the initial findings following the exhumation of Wade's body. Peretti noted that Wade had several identifying items on his person, including his health insurance card and identification, which contained his home address. Peretti said Wade was completely run over by the police card that struck him back in March. The report also said that Wade's body was in an advanced state of decomposition and that he suffered multiple blunt force injuries to the skull, ribs and pelvis. His left leg was also amputated. Wade wasn't embalmed when the county buried him in a Hines County pauper's grave weeks following the incident. Quote, the tragic news we received from the independent pathologist today was heartbreaking for everyone who knew and cared for Dexter Wade, especially his mother. The fact that Dexter had a state identification card and several other identifying items shows us that there was a concerted effort to keep the truth and manner of his death from his family. There is no excuse, not even incompetence, for not notifying the next of kin of an identified man's death. This according to Ben Crump in a statement. So this obviously has got many people upset, um, especially us in the black community, because it's hard to imagine this happening to a person who was white and have a body be tr treated so carelessly. And, and again, have a mother worry for seven months with no answers, no idea of where her child is. Um, what's your take on this story so far? You know, um, this story is uh, very, very traumatic. Um, I can't even imagine what that mother must be going through. Um, I think you you basically said it all. You know, this happened in Mississippi and and uh, in and around Jackson State. Mm -hmm. um, he was hit in March. His family was not notified until August. Um, as you as you mentioned, he was buried in a pauper's grave. His identification was on him, and I think I think what um, what needs also to be said is that this mother was also suing the police department because I believe it was her brother was killed sure. by officers. Mm -hmm. And so um, I was uh, listening to attorney Crump and he was talking in a press conference and he said, this, this, this police department is very familiar with the mother because of that. Mm -hmm. So um, when this happened, it, it wasn't like, you know, this was some name they had never heard of. She's been in litigation going through this for years now. Sure, yeah. They were very familiar with her. They seem to have just chose this, this course of action. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's just very unfortunate. I, I can't even imagine the funeral is happening today um, for this young man. Um, the mother was told that... Um, she wanted the body exhumed. She was told to show up at a certain time so they could exhume the body. She got there. It had already been exhumed. Yeah, it was missing. Yeah, they didn't let her see it. I mean, there are just how many ways are you going to just, you know, kill this lady over and over and over again? You know what I mean? How strong must you be as a black woman to continuously, you know, first you're fighting for your brother and now you have to pivot and fight for your son. 
almost in the same manner with the same people. I can't even imagine. I can't, my heart goes out to, to her, to her family, uh, for this situation, for this young man. He had two kids. You know, what What all this must feel like, um, you know, I pray that most of us will never know. Yeah. You know? Wow. You know what? I'm going to um, take a moment here. I want to thank you for that response. Um, you know, I, I work in a social justice space, radio space, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of the, uh, the brunt of what we feel as a community is absorbed by Black women. I've learned that. I see it, right? Mm -hmm. Whenever there is a dead body, you know, there's a Black woman somewhere crying over that body. Uh, black women are organizing. Black women are the backbone of everything that we would call progress, mm -hmm. you know, in my estimation. And one of the things that I've done my best to include <laughs> is a Black woman's voice. And I, I can't always make that happen. It's based on a lot of logistics, and we could have a larger conversation about that. But I think that your response to this story shows me lets me further know and and hopefully it lets our listeners further know why it's important to have a black woman uh at the table to have these types of conversations because as tragic as this story is there's there's an element there that me in my manhood <laughs> my manliness i i you can just see so much further mm -hmm. I, I would have never thought like how often does this woman have to die the same death? Mm -hmm. And then now I'm thinking like she's had everything taken from her and I'm thinking of the individual. And then you mentioned how strong must she be? And then I think back to Emmett Till's mom. Mm -hmm. I think back to Mamie and I'm like, um, yeah, so I, I, I really do appreciate that response. Um, I know we're supposed to talk about the news, but um, if you're a black woman and you're listening to my voice, you need to hear a thank you from me. And so I thank you. Because um, I'm going to do my best for you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Um, Tim Scott. <laughs> Let's talk about this guy again. <laughs> so uh, his staffers were upset at his campaign abruptly ending by surprise. So I'll share a bit from News One. So um, nine of the now former staff members and other allies of Scott's campaign expressed umbrage at being caught by surprise when Scott announced Sunday on Fox News that he was suspending his campaign, this according to Politico. The apparent consensus, sorry, excuse me, among those interviewed was that Scott's exit strategy was, quote, handled incredibly poorly. And as one person identified as a Scott campaign official told Politico, which also reported severe organizational deficiencies for the overall campaign. At least one other person was a bit more forthcoming with their assessments and suggested Scott broke from the traditional way political candidates suspend their campaigns. All right. Now, this is also from Politico. Quote, I've seen better run city council campaigns, quipped a GOP operative supporting Scott in the primary. This person goes on to say a lot of people were upset. I'll use the word upset here. Uh, last night, the right thing to do is give your staff. 30 minutes of notice and have a conference call beforehand. It was typical of the whole effort. 
Less than 30 minutes before Scott announced he was ending his run, his campaign sent out a last minute fundraising solicitation in apparent preparation for the Iowa caucuses early next year. But to the staffer's chagrin, minutes later, they heard Scott say on live TV, when I go back to Iowa, it will not be as a presidential candidate. So um, people are upset with this guy beginning, middle and end, it seems like. Um, give us your thoughts. Yeah, so it it was handled extremely poorly, um, in my opinion. I think mm -hmm. that the least you can do is inform your staff, the people who have been working for you, the people who have been putting out statements for you and 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 trying to help you secure this nomination, doing all the things for you so that your campaign has the legs to stand on. Mm -hmm. And you don't tell them that you are thinking of... Um, withdrawing or, or, you know, dropping out or what, however you want to put it. I, I think those are the first people that you need to inform. So, um, you know, I, I think that, that having your staff be caught off guard is, uh, you know, not from what I know of the campaign sounds very typical. Um, but uh, and then the other part of it that was a little weird for me was, the fundraising. So yeah. if you know that you are going to drop out, I, mean, I wasn't I wasn't exact on the, the the fundraising push unless that's, you know, for the RNC later on. I don't know. But it just all just seemed to be very weird. It it seemed very Trumpish. Yes. <laughs> so absolutely. There uh, you go. I think yeah, that sums yeah. it up. Yes. So I, so I I I, everyone who's listening knows that this was coming. I say good riddance. I'd be happy never to hear about this person again. That's how I feel personally. If you are a supporter of what's his name? Um, Tim Scott. Um, I, I, I wish you well in the future. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe he'll run again and you know, with a better platform and better talking points. And then maybe I'll come around who knows, but this version of the story, I'm glad to see it's done. And uh, that'll be that. So these and more stories, as always, can be found at BINnews.com. I'd like to thank you again, as always, for your insight. Once again, our guest is BIN News anchor Mimi Brown. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show was produced by Chris Thompson. Have some thoughts you'd like to share? Use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. I am your host, Ramses Ja, on all social media. And join us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on the Black Information Network Daily Podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.